0: what would you do if you knew anything was possible for you my name is holly moore and i started an events company 10 years ago from scratch at my dining room table join me over the next few weeks and hopefully at the end of it you will see why anything truly is possible for you Welcome to the anything is possible podcast. Today I am speaking to Sean Lord, who I met earlier this year at Summer's International Women's Day brunch. Sean and I got chatting, and it wasn't till much further on in our conversation that I realised Sean was wearing a prosthetic leg. And that got us talking about her journey and what she was doing for her career and how she was ending up modelling for Ann Summers. Um, and I'm not going to spill all the beans now because Sean has such an interesting story that will actually teach a lot of people a lot of things. And um, so, yeah, I'm going to hand over to her and that's what we're going to talk about today. So, Sean, thank you for inviting me to your absolutely gorgeous home. Oh, thank you for having me. I'm so excited. (laughs) I think this will probably be another long podcast as we get (laughs) chatting. So, Um, Where I'm going to start is, and I'm going to use the analogy if anybody's seen the film Sliding Doors in terms of the Gwyneth Paltrow film, where, you know, you wake up one day and you decide you're going to do A or B. So take us back to 2013. You were on holiday with your best friend in one of the, well, one of the greatest (laughs) cities in the world, New York City. Um, Tell us about that day. Of course. So, Like you said, I was in New York with my best friend,
1: Keisha. So New York was always a place where, you know, we'd spoke about numerous times we wanted to go. So finally getting the chance to go um, in August, 2013 was like a dream come true. So it was the first day of our holiday and we were so excited. You know, we woke up that morning and we were just, you know, so eager to get out the door and just see the sights. We actually stayed at the Pennsylvania Hotel, Mm -hmm. which is right by all the hustle and bustle of yeah, New York. Yeah. It was incredible. Right across the road from Penn Station. Yeah. Um yeah, it was just incredible. So, you know, we were just in awe of absolutely everything when we were there. So like I said, we woke up that morning, we were so, so excited, but unfortunately our shower wasn't working in the hotel. So I rang down, it was like coming at like a trickle of yeah. water. So I remember that morning, I always think back, I'm like, oh, my last good shower was <laughs> of was a trickle and of water. Trickle of water. <laughs> so we literally stood there each, like trying to get a wash under this trickle of water. So, you know, we called down to the hotel and was like, you know, our, our shower is uh, broken. Can, you know, we have a move room, I'll get it fixed and they said you know we can't fix it but we can move your room no problem yeah. um go back go go around new york um come back before 12 o'clock because the people needed to check out of the of the room right. so that's what we were doing we were killing time and what was your what were you supposed to be doing so, so were, uh, that morning, we were actually going to the Kardashian store Dash.
0: Oh, wow. Yeah, so yeah. we wanted
1: to see that. Uh, we were actually going to meet up with my friend later on in the day. Yeah. And we just basically just wanted to walk around yeah. and just take in the sides. Yeah, You know, go to like Macy's and yeah, yeah. <laughs> or just a bit of shopping, yeah. really. Yeah. Um, So yeah, that's what we were doing. So, you know, we had breakfast at the hotel. And, you know, like I said, we were right by Rockefeller Center everywhere. So yeah, we were... At taking photos. I remember going into Mac, you know, the makeup yeah, store. We yeah. were just, you know, really, really taking everything in. And then we decided to just, you know, carry on walking around. Uh, and I remember a guy approaching us and saying, "Do you want to get on the hop-on, hop-off bus?" Yeah. And we were like, we looked at each other, and I could tell we both didn't want to do it. And we were like, "Ah, oh, do you know what? No, we don't. We don't really want to." But thank you so much. Like, we'll, we'll maybe do it, you yeah. know, along the way because we would just got there. So, yeah. Um, so yeah, we like I said, carry on walking. We stopped at a vendors, like a street vendor to get a drink because yes. I think at that point we had been walking for a while and it was so hot. If anyone's yeah. ever been to New York, you know, it's very yeah, humid. Yeah. So yeah, we just decided to get a drink. And then, yeah, I remember stopping at, I can't remember what the, the street was now, but we, we stopped on a corner and I remember Keisha saying, shall we go that way? And I remember looking down like where we were about to walk saying, no, let's go this way. (sighs) So um, there was quite a a lot of people. So I was like, oh, you know, everyone seems to be going that way. We'll just go that way. And I knew we had to get back. So I didn't want to venture out too far. So yeah, we just decided to keep walking. I remember looking at Keisha, And we had this drink and I was like, oh my God, this is incredible. This is so, so nice. And when I was saying it to her, I was closest to the road, but when I say that, obviously the pavements and the curbs are so big in America. So yeah, I remember looking at her and saying, you know, about this drink, but I realized that her eye line wasn't on me. It was almost in the road. And I looked and I explained this and it sounds very long, but probably when I say the next part, we're talking about, six to seven seconds this happens. So I look at her, I then look into the road and then all of a sudden I see a cyclist like mounting the
0: curb. And this is in front of you, would you say? This is like to the left of me. Right, So yeah. On the on the expanse of the on pavement. On the pavement, yeah. But I, I had, a there was quite a big space
1: between yeah. me and the actual curb. Yeah. So it's like they the, the cyclist came onto the pavement where, not far from where we were walking and then all of a sudden, when I turned my head, realized what was happening, it was like my feet were stuck to the ground. And I was hap- I, I was looking at everything happening, but it was almost in slow motion. Yeah. And the taxi driver mounted the curb after the cyclist, hit him, and I'm talking, he I don't even know what speed he was going. It was like he put his foot completely down, hit the cyclist, and then I remember, the cyclist being on the hood of the car with his bike and just looking and like I saying, this is slow motion happening. And then that's it. I just remember just blacking out completely. And he hit me
0: at the, almost like a domino effect. And so obviously from this point, we'll get to the hospital in a minute, you've yes. blacked out. yes. So I guess mm-hmm. the, this has all been then pieced together through your best friend has it and witnesses what actually happened next.
1: Uh, I or mean, you a- yeah, you, you would think that. Yeah. But after I blacked out within two minutes, I was awake. <sighs> Whereas I, I know a lot of people who I've spoken to, they were just saying, I just wish you were asleep. Yeah. But I, I just woke up. Yeah. So basically what happened was, is I remember, it's almost like I remember flying up in the air. Yeah. I don't remember that, the impact of the pain. Yeah. At that point. So it's almost like, if I close my eyes, I can literally
0: see this happening. He hit me. Is it a vivid memory to you at it's the moment? It's really vivid. Yeah. Yeah. And
1: I always, I, I always thought over the years it wouldn't be so vivid. Yeah. But it is. Yeah. And I just remember flying up in the air and then completely blacking out and then waking up under a big tree. Uh, so what, had he knocked down? So basically what had happened was he, my leg unfortunately got pinned to, I can only describe to you as like a misshapen rock, like a perching stool, decorative piece of rock. So it got pinned to that. So it was almost pinned to the front of the taxi and that, and that's why it come off so quickly. Oh. So my leg was severed off. I then flung up in the air.
0: So you, you, I'm sorry to be- That's okay. To, no, 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 it's So like, it literally, it cut your leg and then you flew it So you'd lost your leg. I lost level. I lost my leg instantly. Wow, yeah. I didn't know that.
1: Very like instant gone. So I, if you see the point of where he hit me to where I landed, yeah, I can't believe I would have flown that far. But you have to see the picture to realize yeah, how yeah. far it was. Yeah, And then I woke up and I just remember I couldn't breathe because I was winded. Yeah, And I just remember thinking, well, the first thing I thought was, why am I under this tree? And then it was almost like my brain, like, Scrambled back and I remembered everything. Oh. And then I just I was just screaming, oh. saying like, oh my God, he's hit me, he's hit me, he's hit me. Had you, did you see what had happened at that point? I didn't know anything. Oh. So when I was awake, it was the shock.
0: Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it was that
1: shock factor of my brain, my body, and the whole circumstance trying to piece everything together. And then I just could hear my friend obviously yeah. screaming. And I think that's why I woke up, because I could hear her. Yeah,
0: yeah. So yeah.
1: when I woke up because she obviously thought I was dead. Yeah. She'd just seen her, you know, best friend be hit by a taxi. Yeah. She instantly thought I was dead. So um, after that, you know, I woke up and, you know, like I said, I could not breathe at all. And then within two seconds, I literally had no end of people around me. So many yeah. people. Um, I can't imagine what they
0: saw. They must have just... Yeah, yeah. It was horrendous. It was absolutely horrendous. And the cyclist at this point, is he... He
1: he's he's fine. He's well, he's he's fine. Yeah. Um. Because I think the impact for him was his side was his bike.
0: Yeah. So yeah. his
1: wheel was literally twisted yeah. in half. So yeah. yeah. He and he hurt his knee. Yeah. That was it. But I, you know, I got
0: all the impact. Yeah. So you hear all this screaming and everybody around you. Do you remember what happened? We was an ambulance there pretty much straight away. Or no. So, um. I don't know if you. I don't know if a lot of people know this, but in New York, what they
1: have, because the city is so busy, yeah. What happens is they have random ambulances park up on different places right. in New York. So if they are needed, they can get through traffic quicker right, or yeah. um, get to somebody quick. So what happened was when the, the people were calling through to say, you know, we need an ambulance right here, um, one had not long just parked up. Oh, Right. Okay. So but yeah. I think I think I was on the ground for I want to say. I think it was ten minutes.
0: A long time though. It's when, a long time. Yeah.
1: But it would have been longer if they hadn't yeah, just yeah, got there. Yeah. yeah which yeah. was a blessing in yeah. disguise, really. But um, yeah. So it I, it could have been
0: longer. It could have been a slightly yeah. shorter. But for me, it probably That's... felt like two hours. And were you in apart from the? not being able to breathe, which yeah. is horrendous. Could you feel pain at that point or not? Yeah, so what happened was, is that because my brain didn't realize
1: that I was then missing a limb, I tried to get up. Oh. So I pushed myself up. And then I remember everyone saying, stay down, like stay down. You have to stay still, please stay still. And did you
0: see anything at this point? Could you see? Nothing,
1: because I was face down. Yeah. Still not realizing that my leg is under the taxi. Not realizing anything, but when I basically pushed myself up, I think what had happened was is that I'd then triggered the rest of my body yeah, um, to feel the pain. <sighs> so I pushed myself up and then all I can describe to you is that my body felt like it had been set on fire. Oh my God. So it
0: just was like somebody lit me a light. It and was horrendous. Did you pass out at that point? Because I know sometimes with severe pain you pain you just get you in. Know, no, didn't. I was like
1: I was keeping going and then I, I remember drifting off. Yeah. And I just remember thinking, I'm this is I'm gonna die. Yeah. This is it. Because then you've got to remember what happens if you're missing a limb. You're ble- you bleed you Yeah, to death. yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. So, you're put in the ambulance. Mm-hmm. Do you remember that part of it? I remember all of it. Bit, yeah. So, talk, talk me through that, the journey to the hospital. Yeah. So, after obviously all that happened,
1: um, I was then basically what they had to do was turn me over. Right. So, because I was face down and they had to then turn me over, which I was pleading them not to. Did you know at this point you'd lost your leg no. you on, anything. I thought no. I'd broken both my legs. Right. I could feel the break almost. Yeah, it was really yeah, weird. Yeah um so yeah after that you know eventually they did turn me over which i do remember it and it was absolutely awful in
0: terms of pain or did you realize at that point you like pain, had gone pain pain yeah.
1: i didn't realize this at all yeah until i was in the ambulance so they you know they put me on the stretcher they put me in the ambulance um keisha couldn't come with me she had to then go in a separate police car
0: really yeah because it wasn't because of an what accident.
1: because um they then had to put my foot in ice and put my foot in the ambulance and of the nature of it she couldn't come in the ambulance with me so um but again still none the wiser that my leg was missing at all um get to the uh, hospital where you know they rushed me straight into theater I just I always remember there just being loads of people yeah probably 15 to 20 people in this surgery room and I was just like hyperventilating. Oh,
0: I bet. Yeah. yeah,
1: but it was it was oh just another thing in the ambulance. It was when the paramedic rang through and he said, "I've got a whatever number they call you, yeah. a possible amputation," and I just remember thinking, "I was like, what?" I was trying to rip my oxygen mask off. I was like, I was just like, no, 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 no. like you have to save
0: my leg. Like, yeah, it was just yeah, oh. yeah. So you went into theatre. Yes. Um came around and what was that experience like with a gentle with you caring? Like how was that Yeah? Managed?
1: I, yeah, I remember as soon as, you know, as soon as um I was on in in the surgery room, I always remember the surgeon just looking and she had a glove and she just went, Do you have travel insurance? And no. I and I didn't even I couldn't speak and I just I remember going nodding yeah. really, really, really fast. And I just remember snapping a glove and saying, okay, and that was it, lights out.
0: <sighs> wow.
1: Yeah. So after, you know, that, I think I was in, I was in theater for a long, long time, yeah, yeah. a really long time. And, you know, I, I remember coming around and, you know, I had
0: obviously a big cast on, oxygen mask, everything. I couldn't move. Because did you have other injuries? We're obviously talking about the leg, but you'd been literally flown in the air. Yeah. So what
1: other Yeah. Injuries? So um, I had numerous cuts and bruises. Mm. all over my body. I had a big black eye because I was wearing, I was wearing beautiful Tom Ford sunglasses at the time. (laughs) Fuming. Fuming that they were broken (laughs) half. So I had a big black eye. Um, My right leg had to be sewn back together as well because of the angle the taxi hit me. He hit my left leg. Obviously that was severed off, but he really um, like open wounded my right leg. So um, that happened. And then I had a really bad head injury as well. So I had to have 10 staples at the back of my head.
0: Oh, God. So, yeah, it was it was a whole a whole Yeah, whole process. So then you you must have then found yourself in the hospital bed yes. in the care of, of, of which hospital were you at? In, I was at the in, Bellevue Hospital in New York. Right, okay. And how... I'm really curious because mm-hmm. I know we're going to talk about the medical yes. system in New York <laughs> and all of that. But how was... You know, because this is physical, but it's mental, yeah. clearly. So how was that managed by them? Yeah. Yeah, um, it was
1: you know managed really well in ter- in terms of mental obviously there is i don't think there's any ever going to be a perfect hospital let's just say but in terms of what they needed to do to get me home they did fantastic right okay. amazing my surgeon was you know he'd come in every day yeah. and check in and say you know you know you're going to go down cuz i had to have four different surgeries on my leg before i could even fly home so um yeah it was you know he w- he was incredible and then in America they have uh amputees who come and support you
0: wow so do they have that over here no no but I do do that That, yeah yeah. just
1: off my own back because I know how amazing that is for your recovery just to see somebody else up on their feet and you know to hear their journey and their story but yeah so her name was Teresa and
0: she got to me before my parents even got to me from the UK so when you so you've you've come around obviously you've heard that um in, in the in the ambulance yeah. but that might not I guess at that point it would have been no so at what point did you realise you'd lost your leg I think when I was put in intensive care I was in intensive
1: care for about three weeks uh, and then it was just them coming in you know changing my leg and I, I think it was it was then when it realised I realised yeah. you know
0: okay it's gone and I, I mean probably a really stupid question but What, how did you feel? Like, what was the process? It was, it was just
1: surreal. Uh, You you don't think things like this will ever happen to you, but they can. Yeah. And they do every day to people. So I think in, and in that, you know, I had so many questions and, you know, at that point we hadn't spoken to the police and it was, I was just confused. Yeah. And I can't, I couldn't believe that within seconds, my life was, different forever yeah I could I couldn't grasp that yeah everything that you'd known yeah been taught yeah I knew nothing about disability I knew nothing about prosthetics yeah nothing yeah except the year before when I watched the 2012 Olympics Paralympics sorry 2012 Paralympics Uh, yeah I remember watching that on my tv going wow that's incredible that was the only knowledge I ever had on people with limb loss
0: yeah yeah so you ended up in New York or in hospital for six? Yeah, four, I was which, there for about. Which six actually weeks. doesn't seem that long when I think about what you've gone through. Yeah. And just tell me, like, list. I know there is a list yeah. and, <laughs> online, but what, what are the, what are the treatments and operations you had during that time? So, obviously,
1: the first surgery was the major one to tidy up my yeah. leg. Then the second surgery was to. Sort the drain out for my leg, and you know, shave down my bone yeah. and all that. Third surgery, um, I had to have massive skin graft.
0: So on the leg. On my leg, yeah. Yeah. So I've got a big skin graft on my thigh. Uh, And and forgive me for asking, where does that come from? Like where, is it another part of the body they do the skin graft on? That's right, yeah. 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 So
1: they took the skin from my thigh and then they placed it on the bottom of my leg. Because my leg was severed, it almost ripped all my skin. So I had nothing there. So they couldn't patch it up with anything. Yeah. So that's when they tend to take skin grafts from certain places of your body. So yeah, I had to have that done. And then the fourth surgery was to take the drain out and close up the whole Right. Yeah. So, and then you know I could I could fly home but then you know I had sta- obviously the staples in my head I had staples in my legs um I had numerous like uh patches all over my body that they needed to you know um treat so yeah it was it was a it was a lot and then um blood transfusions I had to have two oh, different wow. transfusions so yeah and who um, so who called your parents like So my best friend who I was with, she actually only um, had the contact number for my sister. So she called
0: my sister and then she then called my my parents. I mean, mean, you're a mum now. You can't even imagine. Yeah. And and then they just got out to America, did they? That's Um, right. Yeah. So it was um, obviously time difference wise when it happened, it was there
1: in the morning. I think it was just before 11 o'clock. So it was like gone three, I think here, because I think we're five hours in front. Yeah. Uh, So yeah, my mum was actually at a funeral, unfortunately. And my dad was just got back
0: from work. So yeah. Oh, that flight must have been awful for them. Yeah, it was. Um, And so you've been in hospital, how long till they got out there? Uh, A a day and a half. Yeah, so it would have been
1: the rest of that day. And then they managed to get to me. It was like the evening, the second day I was there. So
0: yeah. So we'll come back to the recovery in a minute, but let's just talk about travel insurance. So this treatment that Mm -hmm. you had must have been, tens of thousands of yes I don't even know yes. what what tell me about that with the travel insurance so
1: obviously with travel insurance you can read all the information and I know the prices for travel insurance will be different in terms of the individual yes. whereas at myself at the time I had you know, nothing to yeah, I needed worry to. About, yeah, yeah, nothing I needed to say. Any conditions that You're I had. Like, which is the cheapest. <laughs> That's, That's it, yeah, yeah. So you yeah. look. You basically look for the cheapest. Yeah. But I always remember booking it. I remember it was twenty four pounds I paid because I booked it with British Airways. So yeah. it's it was all in all in one. And I remember looking. I was like, yeah, you know, I didn't really take into consideration the details. Yeah. I just thought, yeah, that will cover me. It's got you know, I've got travel insurance. Yeah. I didn't know what that meant Yeah. So, in terms of what I had, so it covered me for all my treatment there, all the medication that I had to have.
0: Yeah. Did or, it
1: really? Yeah, everything. Um, my flight home.
0: Wow. Which is
1: a really big one that you need to look out for because I don't know if you could ever tell when people do like just giving pages. Yeah. They will always say they had travel insurance that covered them for the care, but it does not cover them for
0: coming home. So we need to, because we're going to try and get this message out there, aren't yes. we? So we need to be checking that you're you for treatment for the flight home as well. Absolutely. Yeah. So you flight home and then obviously they will
1: do you um, some sort of payout for if you do have like loss of limb, anything yeah. that happens. Yeah. So it then does cover you for not being able to work when you get home. Yeah. Which yeah. is huge. Yeah. Yeah. Because then, you know, your bills, what do you do? And I, I was lucky enough at the time that I didn't have an awful lot of pills yeah. because I didn't own a home or yeah. Yeah. <laughs> anything at the time. But... You know, you do have to check these details. So don't just, you know, if it's £4.50, why, you know, just check the details. You can still get really good ones for £5. I'm not saying that you can't,
0: but, you know, please just check the details. Was there anything you weren't covered for? I was covered for absolutely everything. So tick list would be treatment, flight home, and um, if you end up being out of work after. Okay, They're the three main things. Yeah. So, yeah. So then, am I right in thinking then you had a, at some point a bit of a fight on your hands with the New York state, am I right in saying? You're right, yes. Yeah, can you talk about that? Yeah, yeah, so not a lot of people know, but the
1: taxis in America, they're owned by the Taxi Limousine Commission who that is owned by the state of New York. Right. So basically what they do, obviously we have our own car insurance. If yeah. anyone drives, you have your own insurance. Yeah. So if unfortunately you hit someone with your car, your insurance will pay that person a certain amount of money for, you know, not being able to be able for the rest of their life. De- depending on, you know, what their injuries are. Yeah. So for me, the insurance should have covered me for prosthetics until basically I'm 70 years old. Yeah. In America, they have a choice whether to go for a higher insurance or a lower insurance for their taxi business, for their business yeah. because they're all self-employed. Yeah. So They naturally go for the less. Yeah. As we've just said, you do with your travel. Yeah, you do. Because it's what benefits you. If you can pay less a month, why are you going
0: to pay out anything higher? And you you think, which is what you've just said, it's never going to happen to me. Uh, Exactly. You think that in every walk of life. It's never going to happen to me. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah.
1: um, So because of that, I wasn't able to get enough compensation to then fund my prosthetics for basically, in, until I'm old. So right now, you know, I've got, you know, they paid me out some, but prosthetic legs are expensive. Can you tell us how much they cost? Yeah, of yeah, course I yeah, can. Yeah. yeah. So you you are looking
0: 15 000 to 20,000 pounds for a private leg. Wow. Yeah. And how you were just telling me before as well, you have to change them because your joints yeah, change. That's right. So since over the last Nine years. Yeah. Yeah. How many legs have you had to have? Um, I think socket-wise.
1: Oh God, I, you it's it's uh, it definitely depends on the person, but the first year you'll go through two or three sockets
0: to get used to what you need, or is the leg your leg changes, your leg
1: changes. Yeah. So. Uh, Basically, what happens is when your leg is um, amputated, it's so big, it's swollen. My leg was
0: double the size.
1: Really? <laughs> now <laughs> it's like tiny. Yeah. Um, But your leg's double the size. Yeah. So within that first year, you're shrinking. Yeah. So within the first two to three years, your leg is still changing. Yeah. My leg up until four years was still changing. Wow. So at that point, I'd been through, I'd say four or five sockets. Yeah. So luckily, yes, we do have the NHS, but when you stop shrinking, you... you you will benefit from getting a private leg yeah. because they are just next
0: level. Yeah, more, more comfortable, so comfortable. yeah. yeah. And
1: don't get me wrong, there's people out there, they can get on with their NHS leg, they love it. Yeah. But I had I have a really complex stump. Yeah. So if, if, it, if it's not <laughs> a, a, a proper, you know, uh, amputation, a scheduled yeah. amputation, right. you know, that yeah. they can manoeuvre yeah. and the shape of it. I had no choice. My leg is yeah. is what it what it yeah. is. So I um was really, really lucky that I did have funding for private care okay. from a, a very famous doctor in America named Dr. Oz, who was at the scene of yeah. the crash. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> oh so what was yeah, what was so that?
1: He basically flew, but I, I was I, I flown back to the UK. Okay.
0: Dr. Oz has not, is he, is he been on Oprah? He was, yeah, he was yeah. Oprah's physician. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah. So he was at the scene? He
1: was at the scene of the crash. So he was right across the road filming for his show, The Dr. Oz Show. So he was filming for that. And he ran over, literally there's live footage of him running with his cameras. That's across nuts. the road um and you know he wanted to come and see me in the hospital but there was so much media attention at the time with what happened that the hospital was like you can't come here so he had me yeah. on his show
0: before yeah. I left for the UK so I've been I've been on there three times now and do you yeah. feel, we're gonna come on to you yeah. <laughs> but do you feel in a way that was a a, a Kind of something that has you've been able to use in a positive way to propel what you do, which will come to yes, me. Yeah. I think so. I think it almost prepared me for what was to come. Yeah, yeah. So um, I want to get onto the future. Yeah, but, but <laughs> I, w- I just want to to know. I guess that. <sighs> That period between being in the hospital, maybe the first time you got out of bed, et cetera. Yeah. What has been, from a medical point of view, that stage to, do you ever feel normal again? Do you ever, do you know, like, what is that journey? From a medical sense. From a medical sense. um,
1: I think I I was in, like, what they wanted me to do. I think I was doing it. So I was doing well to them. Yeah. So... I think if that, is that what you mean? So you were doing like what
0: you were told to do this physio, you would do that physio. Exactly. So I I
1: could basically do what they wanted me to do, which they were really happy with. And you got to remember, I still kept my knee. So I do have the joint, which does make it slightly easier for me. Um, But yeah, I was, you know, I was... They, they called me Wolverine when I was in hospital because I was healing so fast. Really? <laughs> I still have a jumper that I've got from being in hospital yeah. with Wolverine on it because they they'd put staples in my leg like one of the days and then my skin actually grown over the staples. Wow. So they then had, to, it was painful, but they were like, God, we can't believe how fast, like yeah. an age was on my side. Obviously I was yeah. 24 when this yeah. happened. So you know, um, everything I was doing, my body was doing everything that yeah. it was supposed to. So the physical to. was. Physical yeah. was, yeah. It, but it was hard. Yeah. It was really difficult. I was now having to navigate how to use a wheelchair and how to get around. But their physio was so great because they had like, almost like a, a, a dummy kitchen. So... They go okay, so you have got to get through that tight space. What do you do? You've got yeah. a cup of tea. You've that's how they would teach me. Oh wow! So I don't know how they do it actually in the UK Yeah. yeah. <laughs> because yeah. I'm used to their care. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, yeah, it was it was it was great, and I was you know I was just waiting for that fourth and final surgery. But I kept getting infections when I was in hospital, right. which were awful. Oh, what really what would happen- bad um, to the point where I honestly thought one of them I was actually going to die. Really, it was. That bad. I remember my, I had epidurals in my back to stop obviously the pain. Yeah. Through surgery from, going through the surgeries. And I remember the third one, they said, we have to take your epidural out now because you've had it in for too long. And they took it out. I got an infection. And I remember my heart rate on the monitor was just going high high and it was going beep, beep, beep. 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 It was going Uh. so, so high. When I woke up from the third surgery, my dad, I remember him being on the side and he was like, calm down, you've got to calm down, please, please, please. And then the nurse was, oh, it was just a massive thing. But I got a huge infection
0: and yeah, I honestly thought I was gonna die. And so, and your parents, were they staying in a hotel or the hospital while they were out there? So very, very kindly.
1: The Pennsylvania hotel where I was staying, they put up all of my family for the whole six weeks wow. for free. Wow.
0: Yeah. So tell me about coming home because you had a boyfriend. Yes. I did. Who is now your Yes? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <she's> so <laughs> did he come out or did you wait? How long had you two been together? So we'd only been together for a year.
1: Wow. So it very much still your honeymoon stage. Yeah. And you yeah. know, we were we were madly in love. Um and it was just The most perfect relationship. I I look back now, and I think that whole year was just perfect. It was just so amazing. And he was actually in Ibiza (laughs) when this all happened. He just landed in Ibiza, and you know he got the got the phone call from his dad because it then gone on the news and was like, "You need to get home now." Yeah. Um, Then obviously he spoke to mum and dad. They all then got on the same flight and was able to fly out. So they were with me for for the whole time.
0: Oh wow! Yeah, the whole time. Well, we'll come back to that relationship and and motherhood and everything. But so you are coming back to England must have been surreal because you're stepping into your home country, of which life will never be the same again. Yeah. Tell us about that, like adjusting to being back in the UK. It was hard. It, it was really
1: hard because in, when I was in hospital, all I wanted to do was go home. Yeah. That's all I wanted to do. And I remember having a calendar every day. Yeah. I was like crossing off and I'd ask the surgeon, can I go home now? No, 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 you can't. And you know, we'd cross off all these, this big calendar. And when I got home, it was just not what I thought. In what way? In terms of, I think it, very much heightened all the things that I could do and now couldn't do right so it was just a massive slap in the face because I thought <laughs> I was like I was so excited to get back here and now all I want to do is go back to hospital yeah
0: because You're safe there. it was safe yeah
1: and it was just a really hard adjustment. Yeah. Because I was independent I was so independent. Yeah. No one could do anything for me because I I'd, I'd figure everything out for myself. <laughs> and you know, my mum always says, Got it, I never see, you was like a boomerang. You were here, there, yeah. and everywhere.
0: And I, I kind of still live the life live yeah. that life now. But it was really hard. Yeah. And the and the um so we've talked about the physical. Yeah. Um what was the mental journey like? I look,
1: I look back now and I think, oh, God, I don't know how I did it. Yeah, I, re- I, I Honestly, I really don't. Because I was just trying to distract myself at every given moment. Yeah. Because I just didn't know what to do. Yeah. I, did, I didn't. I, I thought, how will people see me now? How am I going to see myself? You know, fashion was a huge part of my life before. What can I wear? It was, I had every question, but... I just felt low. Yeah. Yeah. And I think um I think having people around me yeah. that were positive yeah. helped massively. Yeah. Because I just think if I didn't
0: have them, God, I don't know what I would have done. Yeah. I really, really don't. And what was the mental support offered in New York? Do you have counseling so, straight away or? I mean, no, not
1: not straight away. Right. I think that was a bit of a a bit of a downfall of the hospital. Yeah. They they only gave me mental support because we were begging for it. Right. And I don't I don't really know the ins and outs of the conversation, but I remember one day waking up and having a counsellor, and then the next day, next week, he was meant to come back and then didn't. So I didn't, and then we actually ended up paying for my lawyer ended up paying somebody to come in that he yeah. knew. Yeah. to give me the support and then luckily I would have him then on Skype. Yeah. So when I got back I was the Skype same person. it was the same person but it was an absolute battle but I think if I if I didn't have the counselor and I didn't have the support around me I honestly don't know what I would have done. No. Yeah.
0: It was really hard. And in terms of therapy would you say you slipped into depression? I think there was a there was a period where I think I was severely depressed yeah
1: but again it was the the realization of the life I had no, before no. was just no longer what I was yeah. going to be living and like I said I knew nothing about disability I didn't know if I could get a job I didn't I didn't know anything yeah so you basically going into your life blind yeah
0: because yeah. you're like okay what do I do no one has the answers yeah yeah so yeah and you you went um I'm hoping I'm not missing any detail, but there's so much to talk about because yeah. you you then you, you went on to finish your university t- I did. degree in fashion. Yes. yes, yeah yeah, yeah, which is no surprise. <laughs> today? Um, and so, was the plan pre to mm-hmm. pre accident? You were planning to do what? Become a buyer? Was that I right? Was, yeah, yeah. And did that change when you graduated? It did. I think what
1: happened was. My life was just completely different. Yeah. And, you know, I did apply for buying jobs yeah. and I thought, you know what, I'm just going to give it a go. Basically, what happened was I was being the honest person. And I was ticking a box to say that I had a disability. I wasn't getting any interviews at all. Really? And then one day my sister said, You're really honest. Now's the time to not be honest. Yes. So I was like, Right, okay. I stopped ticking the box and I had like four different interviews. It do, yeah. Did
0: you send your CV? Did you ever send your CV twice to the same company and tick the box and not tick the box? No, I didn't. Because then, when you apply, you're in the system, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And apparently, there's the well, so, some places I
1: was applying for, you can't apply them for six months. Right. Okay. Yeah. So um, I was kind of in a state of, I don't know what to do. I need a job. I've just graduated. I'm highly qualified. I remember being overly qualified for a, an yeah. interview. I'd done. I'd got to a second round for one interview, and I was convinced I had the job. Yeah, but um, you know, yeah. it turns out that you know that I didn't get the job in the end. Uh, anyway, that's a different story. <laughs> yeah. But um, then I ended up working uh, in a marketing team for a brand, and which took me out of Leicester. Yeah, which took me near Chesterfield, and I was yeah. traveling every single day, and I physically couldn't do it yeah. anymore. Yeah, it was so tiring. Not only. Um, I don't know if a lot of people know, but amputees, we use 30% extra energy more than everybody else a day. Right. So you have to strategically plan your day. Yeah. <laughs> so if I'm doing something big, I've not, I've got to be at the house of Aria. I can't do anything in the morning yeah. or a lot in the evening because yeah. I can't physically do it. And is that still the same now? That's still the same yeah. now. Um. So yeah, I kind of do, even though I, I'm really busy and I am here, there <laughs> and everywhere, I try my best and I will work myself until I can't. Walk anymore yeah Wow. so yeah
0: so you you took that job yes. and in the midst of all this you're still with your boyfriend did you have any worries post-accident that he would still fancy you with the relationship still like what there's got to be worries there yeah. yeah there was
1: oh my god there was so many worries I was super insecure <laughs> um and I feel I feel bad for him really when I look back because he was constantly reassuring me he wasn't going anywhere. Yeah. He was like this, you know, I fell in love with you. I didn't fall in love with your limbs. I just fell <laughs> in love with you. <laughs> You're still the same person. And I think it kind of took, I took a lot of that on board. And I was like, you know what? Yeah, I am still the same person. Yeah. I can still do all these things. You know, I can still feel sexy. Yeah, And I, you know, <laughs> I just, I remember thinking, okay, I need to come out my own head and, yeah. and just, you know, enjoy our relationship. Yeah.
0: And how did you do that? Because presumably, I mean, like you're modeling for Anne Summers yeah. so we can talk about <laughs> things like that, but things like, I'm sure you would have worried about your sexual relationship conceiving. Oh, yeah. Are you happy to talk about that? Yeah, of course.
1: Yeah, yeah. I, I, I do remember feeling really insecure. I'd lost so much weight yeah because i wasn't eating the medication would then make me feel sick i was under seven stone so i wasn't the same in yeah i I felt frail i was like how how is he ever going to find me attractive and again on you know talking to a counselor we spoke about this and you know he was just like you know you just have to live yeah basically you just have to just try and just Do you have to fake it till you make it a bit? 100%. I still feel kind of like I do that now. I think we all do that. (laughs) Uh, But yeah,
0: it, it did take a lot for me to feel nice again and not worry about yeah those kind of things absolutely yeah. and did they talk to you about conceiving and having children early on if it, there would be any impact on I guess the that area like the, yeah, the, yeah. I, I remember I always remember
1: um coming around from one of my surgeries and I always remember one of the um nurses laughing because I, I remember saying can I still have kids and she oh. they were like yeah, don't worry, you got yeah. <laughs> it. But you know, it's a thought, isn't it? I didn't know. Yeah. I didn't know. I was like, you know, I was 24. I was highly maternal. I, I yeah. come from a huge family, looked yeah. after all these babies. Yeah. Couldn't wait to do it myself one day. So naturally I wanted to ask the question. Um, but yeah, yeah. Uh, I... You know, the doctor said, you know, you, you will be fine. Yeah. It, yeah. It's okay. You, you still, everything's
0: still okay. Yeah, And do you still have therapy now to, to deal with everything? So yeah. I, I didn't have therapy
1: for a while, but from recent events that have happened, I yeah. am now back
0: yeah. in therapy. Yeah. And do you, I mean, I like, I've. I've spoken about it. I've had you know therapy for OCD, yes. and I still will see him now every three months just as a check-in. But I'm—I mean, obviously, like I'm a massive advocate Me of it. Do you? yeah. And what kind of have you had? Is it just talking therapy or CBT? Or I've only ever had talking therapy yeah. because
1: yeah. I mean, I'm not—I do benefit a lot from it because I don't know about you. Sometimes when you you know schedule and you think oh, I feel all right, yeah, we need to speak. But then when you you know they can ask you one question and you go. Ah! <laughs> like, like, actually yes. i wasn't as, as yeah. put together as i thought yeah. i was yeah. um but i'm if if anyone is ever reluctant to try i just think just give it a go yeah. it is the best thing it's the best thing
0: i agree and i think sometimes i don't know i'm, I'm guessing with a different therapist than you were yes yeah. yeah yeah um i think it is as well for different stages some therapists might work to a certain point, yes. and then you, yeah, that's yeah. right. That's really good advice because although you've had it for something very severe, um, there'll be people out there that are wondering whether to invest because it is an investment. It is
1: an investment, but I always say the best money you can ever spend is on yourself. Yeah. So why not spend it on your mental? Yeah. Just because people can't see you physically spending money in yeah. that way. Yeah. You know, we can buy a new handbag and yeah. new shoes. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. But if you're not okay, well, yeah, you know
0: you need you need it yeah so um then so you're working for doing the marketing and everything but now tell us about your job now which is exciting because it's so multifaceted yeah and the journey (laughs) to, to what you do now so what happened was is that I just it was
1: really strange you know Social media, I think, what like we said before, has changed so much in the past nine years since I've, you know, had my amputation. Back then, it was nothing like it is today. It's so inclusive, and I love the fact that I can actually see myself being represented within yeah. brands, within media, within everything yeah. social. It's great. Yeah. You know, there is still a long way to go, but yeah. I'm I'm glad to now be a part of that change. Yeah. So I was seeing these images, and I remember thinking, Do you know what, I'm just gonna go for it. it yeah. was It was just before we went into yeah. lockdown.
0: Oh, right, okay. Yeah, it
1: was just before. So I've only been modeling for about two years, yeah. but I um, I just had a leap of faith. And I was like, I'm just going to go for it. I applied. They called me within like two days and said,
0: yeah. can you come to Sheffield and do this test shoot? And is that to, um, is it is to a specific modeling agency that looking people for disabilities or just what's the- Yeah, so my agency, yeah. Zebedee Management, yeah. they- um Uh, represent people with
1: all different kinds of differences disabilities anything so um, I'm happy to you know work for them and I do do that full time and it's absolutely incredible and i couldn't believe it even when i booked you know i signed with them just before lockdown we went into lockdown yeah and then it was it was in between you know when we come out the first lockdown before the second lockdown yeah yeah. i did my first job and i was just like this is incredible had you
0: modeled um who was your first job for sorry so my first job it was for a fashion brand um
1: quite a quite a small fashion brand um I remember doing, it was like a little beach shoot yeah. and it was just incredible. And who, so obviously I met you through on Summers. Yeah, How did that come about? So again, you know, been working as a model um, and they contacted my agency and just said, you know, um, did we do a shoot first or did I do... I think I might have done some social media yeah. for them first. Yeah. So, you know, just a few images. They sent me some stuff, a few paid posts yeah. here and there, but obviously it's Anne Summers. I've grown up with Ann yeah. Summers. Like everyone knows Ann yeah. Summers. And then when I got the email to, to book, for the Halloween shoot, I thought, not only is it Anne Summers, but it's for the iconic Halloween shoot. I was like, is this a dream? I was like, I can't believe this is happening to me. After everything I'd been through, after all the hurdles that I've had to
0: overcome, I was like, this, is, this yeah. is such a pinch me moment. Yeah. So yeah. And what was like, were you nervous modeling? I mean, cause anyone's going to be nervous modeling yes. underwear. Were, were you nervous? <laughs> or you're like, no, I'm like, <laughs> I'm <really> busting this.
1: <laughs> I think at that point I was really comfortable with who I am yeah. and who I was representing. Yeah. So, you know, I, I say, I don't do, I don't model to be, you know, the big, big, big model. And, yeah. you know, um, anything like that, i do it for the representation and i do it for my community. And I think because I have that in mind, I just have an, a, a second power. Yeah. Wow, I don't like Sasha <laughs> the same with Sasha Fierce. As
0: soon as Beyonce goes on, that's it. That's me. Yeah. yeah. But you've you met, so the modeling's full-time, but yes. you've also yes. set up a foundation, you're a motivational speaker body positivity, self-love, which I'm obsessed with anything like that. So (laughs) please tell us all about that that you do.
1: Yeah, so motivational speaking was, I was actually pregnant when I first did my first ever gig, I would say. Um, And it was my friend, my my sister's friend had messaged me and said, would you please come and do this assembly? And I was like, what? You're joking, Uh talking in front of people? Absolutely not. She was like, no, you'll be amazing. Please just come and do it. Like I've got some students that could really benefit from hearing you speak. And I obviously spoke to Will and I was like, can I do this? He's like, of course you can do it, go go for it. I remember doing it. And I remember I was talking for about eight minutes and I come off the stage and I was like, I can't believe people do that for a living. I was like, that's the most incredible feeling. Oh, it was a
0: good feeling. I couldn't believe yeah. it. I was
1: obviously really nervous yeah. and I was pregnant. So my hormones are everywhere. I remember <laughs> crying that morning as well. <laughs> um, but it was incredible and I thought, it, it almost like I got the bug. Yeah. So after that, it was like two months later. Same school invited me back, and I did seven or eight talks back to back. The same talk, the revolving classes, It was an all-girls. I you learn it off
0: by heart. Like, is you written down, or did it just come like naturally?
1: So to you? I, I kind of it, it came naturally, but because I from my head injury, I have short-term memory loss. Oh yeah. How does that affect like it, literally all my short term? So I could literally. Write something one day, I can't. My brain can't retain information, right? So it doesn't stick, right? So I've lost that ability to be able to almost
0: learn. Give us a practical example. Of so,
1: that. Um, so basically, if it, so, say if I am given a talk, yeah, I have to, I have to have slides, like yeah. a slideshow. Yeah. So my brain sparks, right? Yeah. But I have to almost, I have to have an iPad, yeah, because. I could read one word and then I can trigger it. Yeah. But I can't
0: do I can't. Learn, I, yeah, yes, it's yeah. impossible. Yeah.
1: I've done brain training and I try, yeah. I'm trying to learn Italian to try and help with like work the muscle. Work the muscle. Yeah. But it's gone. Yeah. And sometimes I feel like I'm like, oh, I really hope they know I'm I'm professional, but it's actually yeah. I, I physically yeah. can't yeah. do it without any help. Wow. But I can still do it and you know I can free flow talk if yeah. somebody asks me a question and then I can be like, oh, I want to say this. Yeah. So it's what my no talk is the same. Yeah. Because
0: <laughs> that's great. People there's some people we've booked in the and they do the same thing. Same time. thing. Yeah, so yeah. actually that's brilliant. Yeah. No, yeah. No yeah. talk
1: is ever the same because yeah. I can't, um, yeah. It, it, so sentences are
0: completely yeah. different. So you did that. It yes. triggered, I mean, I have to agree with you. Actually, this would be quite good for our listeners. So I love public speaking. Right. And um, I, my, I remember working in events years ago at AstraZeneca and seeing my boss, who actually, how weird is this, is really good friends with Jacqueline Gold, oh so <laughs> totally separate, Rachel. And I remember her speaking at a big fashion show and I remember looking at her and thinking, I would never be able to do that, but I'd love to. Yeah. And um, so, if there's anybody out there, because Dolly that works for us, she just said to me, "Oh, I could never do that." What What's your advice to somebody that would love to do it but thinks they never can? I think I mean a
1: lot of it is in our own head. Yeah. I think if you have the ability to literally drown out that noise, you yeah. can literally do anything. Yeah. Yeah. You, so I just I think, but sometimes putting yourself in the deep end and just trying it. Yeah. Is the yeah. best thing you can do yeah. because I didn't speak. You know, I first did. I didn't just speak to one class. I spoke to three hundred people. So when I do a class now, it's a breeze. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because I put myself in the most difficult circumstance, and yeah. oh god, I wish I could go back and redo that talk because I, I've I found my flow now. Yeah. Um, but you just have to try. Yeah. So many people just don't do anything because they're so afraid. Yeah. But where is it? It's in our own mind. Yeah. Just go yeah. for
0: it. Yeah. <laughs> um, oh, so you started speaking so then how did you think right I'm going to turn this into a business because for me at the moment like I've always done public speaking yes um with an industry and female leadership and I love it so much you know I'd love to do more of it so how do you then you know monetize how yeah. do you make it into a, a job well
1: I th- I mean from from my it works from referrals yeah so school will book me from another school and yeah. then now I'm actually just about to sign with an actual agency,
0: amazing. Who
1: can you know get me regular work, which will be nice. Cause I've just done two two different jobs
0: with them, yeah. just actually yeah. for corporate or yeah. schools, schools. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So
1: I, I think the I would do any. You know, I can I can speak to anyone, and I can yeah. adapt my story to literally anything. And I'm just about to do um, Leicester Business Festival as well. So, which is Wonderful. incredible. Yeah. So I think um, where when I speak to young people I what I love the most is what I I watch their face change yeah and I think it's from when I start you know they're just kids and they're just but as soon as I flip it to what happened
0: they are literally glued and what's your message to those children what are you trying to teach them
1: I'm trying to teach them not only is it about not saying there's so much so many words but don't don't ever think that things can't happen to you another thing it's the you know, the risk factor as well. Like it's you know, but also don't scare, don't I don't want you to not be able to do anything in your life. Yeah. Don't be scared or put off by hearing what I'm yeah. trying to say. Yes, I take them through my talk, but body positivity. Yeah. And you know, them young kids are all on social media, most of them, yeah, I would say. And they are all consuming so much that might not be healthy for them. I yeah. try and teach them
0: how to be an individual. How do you do that? Because I think that would benefit adults it would benefit me yeah what, what is your message with that so you i know. think
1: it, it's literally listening to yourself and i think I, I basically show them in the in from my story going through everything and resilience
0: yeah it's yeah.
1: resilience it's and a lot of people can want to give up with this tiniest thing obviously it might be tiny to us it might be a mountain to them yeah and i think that's really important to highlight you know just because I've had so much happen to me, I find some people don't even want to tell me what's happened to them because yeah. they're like, "But I, you know, there's nothing into, compared to, yeah, you. It's nothing to compare." No, but everyone's story is their own. Yeah, and I just like to show them, you know, it doesn't matter what happens to you, there is always a way.
0: Always, there's a always way. a way through. Yeah, it's one of the things that I always say that I like to say is making the most of the cards you dealt. Hundred percent. Because we're all, I've had a few sliding doors moments in my life which have really dramatically changed my life from what I thought it would be and it is then picking yourself up and going okay and also one of the massive things about anything is possible is you know trying to get people to to have that mindset where okay think review whatever's happened to them and then yeah. we'll go a different way but you know and I guess that also brings me on to the fact of at the sliding doors moment yeah what I want to stress this at the end actually but mm-hmm. we've naturally come to it what what do, who was Sean before and who's Sean after and what are the differences? So the difference is
1: before I used to I used to plan everything. I was <laughs> You're the teacher. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was the biggest planner. Like I lived, I loved my diary, and I still do now. I love pieces of paper and a pen. Oh, I know <laughs> I know I can write in my notes on my phone, which I do love, but there's nothing beats a pen and a paper for me. Oh yeah, really write so. down everything. I love to see it all scribbled everywhere. And I lived my life just very much, okay, by this age, I really wanna do this. By this age, I wanna do that. In my life before, if something was to derail me from that, it would be a big problem.
0: Yeah but
1: the person i with i'm still the exact same person i'm still very strong i'm still very i, I always say i'm very much um i'm hot headed like my mom I, <laughs> i'm very much passionate about the same things i was before the yeah. only difference is, is that i live my life very um freely now yeah because i not saying i don't believe in planning a life but i don't believe in planning 10 years from now i don't believe in Basically I I I plan a year in advance.
0: Yeah. And
1: that's At only so- for holidays. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that would be it in terms of me and what I do day to day, every week is different for me. And I don't mind living my life like that. Whereas the me before would have a hard time (laughs) with so much more structure. But, um, I am definitely still the same in terms of my values, in terms of myself. I think a lot of people will say, she's not, you know, my friends who know me very well. She's the same person. It's just that she's just missing a leg.
0: (laughs) Yeah. And do you, do you miss, Sean, before, do you, do you ever um, miss what that road would have looked like? You know, if you hadn't have lost you, like do you miss that? Or? Yeah, I feel like I really would have loved to have done so much more
1: in the business side of fashion because I loved it so much. But my life just naturally didn't, that didn't mean as much to me. My yeah. purpose was different. Yeah. My only purpose, My only purpose then was to get a corporate job buy a big house. It yeah. was it was the things that I wanted for myself. It was never really, I wouldn't say it was really materialistic in terms of I was out of touch with reality. Yeah. But I I loved experiencing life. I loved yeah. going on holidays. I, I just wanted to be able to live a life like that. Yeah. A very comfortable life. But when obviously all this happened and I was like, I basically started my life from scratch. Yeah. It was like being reborn. Yeah. And like I said, when you find you know, it took me a few years to be able to find purpose because then that's when I started to be a bit more open and then people would reach out to me and say, well, you know, thanks so much for saying this because of X, Y, and Z. Yeah. And then I was like, oh, okay. I didn't realize what I could then do
0: for the world. Yes. Yeah. It's funny you say that because, um, and I hope you don't mind me saying this, but <laughs> when things like this happen to someone, you know, I've got um, a friend whose child's just been diagnosed with autism. And I think sometimes things happen to people for them, them to radiate to the rest of the world. To spread the message because this could have easily happened to somebody and will have happened to somebody without your mindset. Yes. And I think what you've done is you have made the most of the cards that have been dealt. Absolutely. and, And, you know, I think your message is only just starting to reach out. So, um, so, oh wow, let's talk. Let's go on something a bit lighthearted and talk about fashion. Yes, because most people, well, I have just actually treated myself to a Louis Vuitton like, handbag, <laughs> never full. Um, but you have treated yourself too. Do you want to tell everybody? And if you are watching on YouTube, you have to see this. We'll yes, have to do a little clip as well. For yes, oh, definitely. Tell us about show your you. Louis Vuitton
1: accessory. So <laughs> when I. I had this initial idea. I remember having a bit of a dream. It was really strange. I had a dream and I woke up the next day and I said to my husband, I was like, I had a really weird dream that I had this like designer leg and it was amazing. And you know, X, Y, and Z. And he was like, well, what's stopping you? Why can't you do that? I was like, okay, yeah. Do you know what? I'll just see if I can. So I remember, you know, contacting my prosthetist and I said, have you ever made a, a, like a Louis Vuitton leg <laughs> before or, you know, a designer sure. leg? And he was like. <laughs> no, obviously not. Uh, and he's like, but it's you. So, you know, we'll try and yeah. do whatever. Because obviously he knew, he knew like my, the life I used to lead before. Yeah. And I just wanted something that represented what I loved, but what I needed. Yeah. So my love for oh, fashion, crap. but my need for prosthetics and to be able to be mobile and walk. And I wanted something that I was proud of. And I hadn't walked on, in heels in years, four to five years. So this was going to be the first time. And I was like, I, I don't want a basic heel leg. Like, I want a, I want a leg, I want a good leg. Yeah. <laughs> so I remember getting this bag um, online and- eBay, got it, did you? Vintage? EBay, yes, yes, vintage hold all, which when it came, I did not want to chop it up because <laughs> <laughs> it was perfect. And I gave it to him and he said, you know, okay, we'll, um, you know, see what we can do. And, you know, they cast my leg, which means they, they basically scan the top of your stump and get your size for the top part of the leg. So, um, that's what happened. And I, you know, he said, you know, your leg's ready. So I went to Sheffield and I tried the leg on and I couldn't believe it. And I have a YouTube video on yeah do you, how Can I did you share Can you just share it for people that have you? Yeah, like, yeah.
0: Oh, of of looking at on YouTube because I just
1: Obsessed. So this is <laughs> so this is the Louis leg and yeah Louis leg, and the Louis leg so yeah when I had it made I went to Louis Vuitton and obviously purchased the matching boots so it almost was a, almost a Cinderella moment like yeah. getting the shoe that fits because I had the leg I that. yeah and when I went and I was like they're the boots I want but I didn't even know if my foot would fit in the yeah. boots or anything yeah. so when I put it on and then I walked and it was comfortable I was like. Oh my god! I actually can't believe that this is—it's like a match made in heaven. Yeah. it was an a, a, amazing, and
0: incredible for, feeling. For those of you listening, so the top that would the the part top. of the leg that goes under the knee socket That's is right, Louis Vuitton. Yes, the uh, the tip, the LV. What do you call it? The monogram. Yes, what the monogram. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And
1: then yeah, so and then it follows down into
0: like the the base. Stem of the and then some killer Louis Vuitton black yes. heel boots. Yes, um, and I'm just going to put it in the universe because I just really believe in this. Is that I just said to Sean before, well, what if you're going to do another design? Like, what would you do? And yes. she said maybe Gucci, Um which I just think would be fabulous. Yes. Um, so if we do have anybody listening that's got any links to Gucci, it, uh, you know, we'd love to to put you in touch. Yes, that would be fab. Um. So, um, so you've got your little girl. Uh, you're married now. Yes. Uh, when did you get married? I got married six years six ago. Six years ago. Yeah.
1: And was that a beautiful day. It and- was. It was just so amazing. Um, I got married in 2016 and it was just, it was just incredible. It was such a lovely day. Cause I think as well, it was, it almost put into perspective that this
0: may not never have happened for yeah. me. Yeah. So it was, um, yeah it was just such a lovely moment and despite what obviously you've been through together as a couple something that I've talked to a lot of our guests that are coming up about is soulmates and true love and you said you were madly in love before yes um and you know I've got a bit you know there's a lot of people that settle um that stick in relationships because they're worried about you know leaving and obviously children and things like that and what you're very lucky to have met your soulmate and he's obviously been amazing to you yes um and then you went on to have your little girl. Yes. Who is a little bit sassy <laughs> like you. Oh God. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and we have talked a little bit, if we can touch on for people that are listening, um, the, the additional complications you had. Want to say complications with being pregnant. Yes. You, you gave me an idea of that before, didn't you?
1: Yeah. So being pregnant, I think, you know, I, I even still get a lot of messages from amputees saying, you know, I, I've never had kids. I really want them, but I'm so scared because of my leg. but to be honest i didn't i didn't have an awful lot of problems the only in the start when obviously you're going through all your hormones are changing is i had a lot of phantom pains yeah. in the very beginning and they were horrendous but obviously being pregnant you can't really take anything so you just have to ride it out and just explain
0: to people so, what phantom pain is. Yeah, like. so
1: for the anyone that doesn't know what a phantom pain is, because I lost my leg when I was 24, what happens is your brain will still send signals to where your limb used to be. And it's almost like your brain's confused. Even though I've been an amputee for nine years, I still get them now. Um, even with weather change, if I'm not feeling well, my body just, it's, it's really strange. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. so it will send signals and they're really painful. So like I was explaining, they almost feel like you're being stung by like 10 bees or being electrocuted. It um. it feels horrendous. But because your body kind of goes through those different hormones when you're pregnant, it very much reacted my phantom pains in the very, very beginning. Um, and then I was just ridiculously swollen the last four to five um, months of, uh, not months, sorry, weeks. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been horrendous. Um, weeks of my pregnancy, which was really hard to then fit my prosthetic on. But I think... You know, with support. You know, you can still wear your
0: prosthetic. You just have crutches. You have a cane. Oh right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, and what do you? Your little girl, Aria. She's she four now. She is. Uh, yeah, she's oh. four. Yeah. yeah. What do you? So I know when I've interviewed Jacqueline Gold, who's episode one. I don't think we talked about this on the podcast, but I know that with her little, well, little girl, she's thirteen now, Scarlett. She always says to her, "Yes, I can." Yes, you know, and and very much doesn't show her, you know, it's it's not about praise through, I mean, your daughter's very, very pretty, but I'm sure yeah. you're very mindful to make sure her confidence is not just coming from that. Yes,
1: of course. And I what I also like to tell her, because she's very aware that kids now Come up to me and say, What's wrong with your leg? Oh. And she's been, but sometimes she gets a bit angry. <laughs> she's like, mom, why are they asking you? What? Because she knows me as no, no, no different. Yeah. So she doesn't see oh, me as being different. Yeah. But I've had to sit down and say to her, Look, mummy isn't the same, you know, as everybody, yeah, everybody else. Yeah. But, you know, <laughs> just she gets a bit angry. But then sometimes she'll go, she got hit by a taxi and I'm like, oh no, <laughs> oh my gosh, I need to, you know. Now I've got to explain. And now I've <laughs> got to explain what's going on. But she's so clued up in differences and she's so clued up as to teach everybody as an equal. That's what really? I like to teach her. Yeah, so I always say to her, if you see somebody playing on their own, what do you do? Go over and make sure they're okay and play. Oh, wow. So I'd just like to, you know, instill that in her really to, to just to be mindful of, other people. So she's kind. She's,
0: she's very kind. She's very kind. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> um, okay. So, I just want to now go on to a, a slightly darker subject again with what's happened to you this year. Yes. Which people may or may not have seen in mm-hmm. the news. Do you want to tell me the whole story about that? And then- yeah.
1: So, I mean, it was the very beginning of August. Um, that I got a DM from one of my friends and she basically said, Sean, I'm pretty sure this is your picture. But I was really confused when I seen it because I was like, well, what is this for one? I don't even know what it is. So for those that haven't hadn't seen it, it was basically a poster, a cartoon sketch kind of poster of my image being used in a body positivity campaign for, a Spani- for Spain and the Spanish government has had um, uh, funded this campaign to. Where be is done. this picture from? So, this picture was from social media, but it was a picture that was worldwide to then encourage people to go to Spain and feel comfortable. Yeah. But where have they got your picture from? Because I know it was a so, picture like on a beach It was. Beach yeah. So, it was a. I had been to Ibiza recently that right. year. Yeah. And obviously, I'd posted the picture on my personal Instagram. So, it was just a personal. It was just a personal picture. I don't. I still, even now to this day, I don't know any answers to any question. So I don't know why my image was used. I don't know what they thought then editing. I will obviously explain. I don't understand it because we still haven't heard anything from them. So it's a picture of you in a bikini. That's right. So On a beach bed. On a beach bed. But basically what the artist who has stolen my image from Instagram, what he did to me was obviously if anyone seen my Instagram, I very much proudly show my prosthetic leg as this is the leg yeah. I have and yeah. this is my identity. It's what who I am. Yeah. He had erased my prosthetic leg out and given me
0: a like a, a very much I mean, regular that is leg. Just yeah. Well, because why? Right? Exactly. Because if he wanted to have an image mm-hmm. of a gorgeous girl in a bikini yes. with two legs. Yeah. Oh, why can, not just you can find see, there's,
1: there's millions y- yeah. of images on Instagram that they could have taken. It's so I don't like, get it, but at the same time it's like you are trying to promote a body positivity campaign so and to encourage all different types of people to go to the beach but not disabled people. You're excluding us because so, you don't want to show
0: that. So your friend had seen this campaign and then was like yeah that yeah so you must you saw it and then did you contact the artist
1: like i did for one i didn't know as soon as i seen it i didn't know where it had come from i didn't know at that point it was i only knew it was linked to spain because it was in spanish i i didn't know anything so i was receiving <laughs> this image and then I, my dms were going crazy like i was like oh my god what is happening and i was at my friend's wedding So it was the day before her wedding, I was made of honor at. So my brain is trying to get into wedding mode because I just got to the venue, but I'm trying to deal with this at the same time. I didn't know what to do. And I was angry, I was sad. I was just like, I didn't, I I was just confused. I was like, but why have you done that to me? Yeah, You've basically, there's not, me and my sister were trying to figure out when we're explaining it, obviously speaking you know, to different lawyers, trying to get legal advice. We couldn't explain what they've done because it's never been done before. The, the, an image of somebody that has a disability has never been erased and put on a- I
0: cannot believe it. There's not it, a word for no. it.
1: Yeah. So what they've done to me is is just, I can't even describe to you how I was feeling. That whole month of August, Yeah. it's, it's touchy for me anyway, because that's when I lost my leg. I lost my leg in the month of August. So to then deal with this and to have the media- jump on it so quickly yeah. i was getting flashbacks it was almost like i was, I was going look, through ptsd, like PTSD. Read, yeah, yeah like it was. Yeah. it was almost like i was and i felt the exact it was like i'd erased all the 9 years that i'd worked oh,
0: it was it was tough yeah so what's happened now since can you so i mean i'm only allowed legally to
1: say that we are basically just getting the advice yeah that's all I can say. Yeah. And how's your head now? Better.
0: Yeah. Because
1: I feel like I had to basically pull out all these techniques that i would kind of done before and just be like, look, remember- You know who, how to do it. Remember who you are. Yeah. Like this, you've worked too hard to then go back. Yeah. You've, you've pulled yourself out of hell. Yeah. And this is not your fault. Again, you know, not my fault. Go through the legal thing, going for it's it's mad. Yeah. It
0: was just crazy. And I was like, but why? I didn't I still don't have the questions, the answers, sorry. Yeah. I don't. The, I mean the, all I can say in it again in a positive aspect is that, you know, I feel like if anyone was going to make this positive and create even more good it will be you. Thank like you. you. will. it 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 seems horrible it's happened to you again yeah. but like you're the voice. Uh, yeah and I
1: I think that's why I was trying to teach myself and tell myself and it it just so happened that I was going on holiday that month so it was it was a nice distraction yeah um with the family it was just me will and Ari, and I thought oh god this holiday couldn't have come at the best time I need to switch off I then you know I I stopped like posting on social media because I didn't know I didn't know what to do it was weird it was like everyone knew I was going through this thing but I, I feel like I didn't voice how much that actually did impact me. It was me. a trigger. It was such a trigger. And I was like, scared myself because I should thought- To go back
0: to that place. Yeah, it was, it was, it was tough. Yeah. 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 And I guess that's why you said you've you you knew that therapy would help because yes. you've done it before. and yes. You've picked up on that. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. Well, I know you're not allowed to say, but I hope whatever happens Thank that you. <laughs> gets sorted. and um, before we come to a close, because honestly, there's so so many layers to what you do. I do want to touch on um, I mean, you look incredible. Thank you. You, you know, you always do look so put together and everything. (laughs) But um, we talked about going to the gym before, one of my favorite subjects. Mm -hmm. And I was like, so can you squat? Can you lunge? What can you do? Tell us what you can do in the gym. And you know, how So I
1: think, obviously it depends on everyone's different ability and everything. But I think the only thing, I I mean, I can do most of the things in the gym. It's just that sometimes I might need to adapt them um, bit differently. So say if I've, I've got a bar and I'm doing a bar yeah. squat, I then have to make sure that I have, um, like a box behind me yeah, just to support. Yeah. Um, I don't necessarily need to use it, but you just don't know with your leg, yeah. it, it you know, could squat down on it a little yeah. bit of a different position. Um, and then, you know, just it, even just weights itself and just making sure you've got support for your leg because- yeah obviously we can't feel surface. Uh, So you just have to be mindful and and that's it really. But most of the things you can, you know, we amputees, we can do a lot. Yeah. (laughs) But you have
0: to, I mean, it's important to everyone, but is stretch, mobility, yoga, all that kind of thing important to you? It's really important because
1: even now, I haven't really done my normal routine, but I've got backache. Right, but it's just from wearing a prosthetic leg because you naturally shift your weight onto yeah. the, you know, your good side. Yeah, well, single amputees do um, anyway, but it's a, it's, it's a lot on your back, and yeah. it's
0: really important to stay, yeah, um, physically as fit as you possibly yeah. can. Because I was when you said about the amputees expend thirty percent more energy. Yes, um, that. That's really interesting because again, I said to you, I'm just gonna ask you yeah. the things that pop in my head, but you know, you think, oh, right, well, are you gonna easily put more weight on because you can't maybe- a Move uh, as much, yeah. yeah, yeah. But maybe is that canceled out by the fact that you do use more energy? Um, not necessarily, actually, right. because you do, you know, if
1: you do, if you do put on more weight, you put weight on on your leg, yeah. which means you have to have a new socket.
0: So do you have to be quite careful or not? Are you just lucky anyway? I mean,
1: yeah, I'm um, I've always been the same kind of size yeah. for yeah. my whole entire yeah. life. Yeah. Um, but I know there is people that, you know, they do fluctuate in weight and you know, they do have different legs yeah. um for when they do put on a bit yeah. more weight. So yeah. it's just you I mean I'm not saying every amputee you have to keep fit, it helps. Yeah. Um and if they can do it, perfect. Yeah. If they don't wanna do it,
0: that's up to them. It's interesting because I've got a friend who's a psychologist for um nutrition for people oh. post accident. Oh. So for example, if somebody um ended up in a wheelchair, for example, and they're not going to be able to be as energetic, yeah. um, she has to re-educate them on food and what their body right. can handle and things like that, because of obviously leading to obesity and things like that. Yeah. It's a whole that's a whole other wow. podcast. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um so Sean, like I know I keep saying it, it makes it makes no difference to what you've been through, but there are just some people that are put on this earth, I believe, to to spread a message and you've literally taken what's happened to you like and, you know, run with it. And I just have this feeling. I mean how old are you now? 32? I'm 33. 33 yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just have this feeling that this is just the beginning for you. And, you know, you've talked about you're going to do more speaking outside of schools. Yes. So maybe to businesses and corporates, I genuinely think you'll probably get quite, <laughs> you know, quite a lot of time. I think you're just like touching the surface on what yeah. you're going to do. And I feel like I was welling up just at the start of it because I just think about what you've been through and how, you know, us, particularly as women, yes. are so caught up in our own mess. And I'm one of them people like, oh, I'm going on holiday and I've got a bit of cellulite and I don't want to wear a bikini, yeah. i not doing, you know, and I just think, what the hell is yeah. so, is that something that you could maybe, because there were just women out there and men listening Yeah, get in their head, what could you, oh, what absolutely. could they I think, I mean, what it is,
1: I mean, like I said before, the best thing you can do, drown out the outside noise. Mm-hmm. Please don't ever think that, don't ever think you're on your own because, God, look how many of us can relate to yeah. certain things if you're on your period, you're bloated, yeah. <laughs> you're like, oh god, yes, I understand that completely. Yeah. The best thing I could ever say to anybody, you get one body and one life. That's Please.
0: Brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> I'm writing down all
1: your quotes. <laughs> Please don't ever live it for anybody else other than yourself. You can you have the power to bring your own happiness. And I just think that's as soon as you can realize that you will live the best life. Set me
0: yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Please don't, because then I'm all up. <laughs> um honestly, I just think we are we're lucky to be here at the end of the day. There's so many people that fight for their lives every single day. We are lucky. And I I you know I've had unlucky moments in my life, but I'm not I'm not dwelling on them. That's not gonna be what makes me as a person. I, that's not gonna be my story. That's just what happened. Yes, it's a moment in time that happened, but I can then find the strength and the power to live a different life. And that's really, really important. So I just want everyone to just, please just try and find that approach for you. It's not what works for me might not work for everybody else. And I get that because we're all individuals and we work in different ways, but you have the ability to literally
0: be anything you want to be. Wow! How yeah. lucky is your little girl to have you as oh. a mom? Really, <laughs> thank you, thank really you. Is. So the podcast is called Anything Is Possible. Yes, um, and we ask all our guests, "What does Anything Is Possible mean to you?" Anything? Oh, it mean. Oh, god, I could be probably another podcast on this. <laughs>
1: Anything is possible. If honestly, please listen to yourself. It's the it's the it's the only thing that pulled me through, and I, I just think if if we can all just If you, again, a piece of paper and a pen, write down what makes you happy, write down what you want for yourself. And if you can find an inch of possibility or hope for yourself, you honestly will live the best life you can. Anything is possible. You just have to believe in yourself. The most corny thing you could probably ever say, but I can honestly say
0: it works. Just go for it. Well, you have just been an incredible guest. I don't think we've even got an edit in that podcast. I think <laughs> we, we just haven't. went straight through. You've been incredible. Thank you. I feel so lucky to have met you. You were that oh. face that I was drawn to when I went to that Anne oh. Summer's uh, International Women's Day brunch, and we, we chatted that day. We and I'm did. so grateful for you being on this podcast. Um, and thank you so much. Thank you for having me. I've absolutely loved it. Thank you. <laughs> Just a reminder that the best way you can support the show is to subscribe, leave us a five star rating and a little review for what you think of our show wherever you listen to your podcasts. It only takes a second and may seem like a small thing, but it helps us rank in the podcast charts, find new listeners and reach even more amazing guests. So with your review, you're actually helping to improve the Anything Is Possible show.